Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. Welcome to this edition of the Urban Sports Scene, episode 488. Creeping closer to that 500 mark with myself, Ray. I'm with the homie, Will T. Wole. He's missing his first show ever. Will, this is historic. This man has missed no shows in 487 episodes. Uh, I, don't I know mean, let's be clear. Let, let, let's be clear. He, he's missed some shows. He's canceled the show. We haven't had the show. So let's not, you know, let's not give him, let's not pump his head up too much like he's the Iron Man podcast, you know. Tell truth to the people. It's still, it's still a remarkable streak, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to hate on my brother, but I know Will T, Will T keeps to the buck. He don't, he don't have no cut cards, but it's all good. But 500 episodes are coming up close. We got to do something big, bro. Yeah, we do, man. That's, um, that's, this. I'm just going to be honest with you, man. I didn't, I wasn't aware of the, Number 500 almost upon us with regards to our podcast, man. I just haven't really kept, you know, I think once we reach like 250, and I know, you know, we were excited about that. You know, I can remember when we reached 100 and we were excited about that, but to go to 500, man, that's that's something special, man. We celebrated 30, 100, and we definitely did something for 200. We've done a few live shows, so... We'll have a discussion as to what's planned down the road, but we'll see the urban sports scene is part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. Empire Media hosts multiple DMV podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Football Insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. You can also subscribe to the urban sports scene on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the urban sports scene. This show can also be found on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options and local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. And don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Team and hit us up on our Urban Sports Team Facebook page. Will T. Let's get into our tradition of pregame. All right, here's what we have on tap. We'll further break down the Washington football massacre that went down in Dallas Sunday night and give a preview of their upcoming home game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Who's going to attend that game? Probably Wole. At 825, <laughs> we're talking Washington Wizards. <laughs> and what we expect out of their last 45 games, which starts tonight with Miami. And lastly, we're talking a unification bout between Yordanis Ugas and Errol Spence. And where does that lead Bud Crawford? But, of course, first, we're speaking about Boxing later on, and, and fights did occur over the weekend as well. One of which took place on the Washington football sideline. 
Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne had to be separated after a heated altercation that ended with a Jonathan Allen punch. Will T, what did you make of that? Uh, culture. You know, Ron Rivera came yeah. here to establish a culture, and that's the type of culture that he's established. Now, but but all seriousness, um, I didn't I didn't take too much into it. Um, those are two mm-hmm. guys who've been together since college. Um, I don't now I don't know the nature of their relationship. I don't know what was said or what was done. Um, I'm not a lip reader, and I wasn't there on the sideline. But um, it, it seemed like it was one of those things that it, it happened just in the heat of the moment. It'll be interesting to see how you know this team adjust to that going forward. You know, Jonathan Allen, uh, this year he's made the pro ball. He signed the extension. He's viewed as one of the leaders on and off the field for that organization. You know, for him to lose his cool like that, it, I'm just interested to know, you know, what happened. You know, um, I, I know what happened. You know, Deron Payne put a finger in, the, in, in his face. But, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what kind of precipitated that? would be something to be interesting to know. And that's probably something that we probably won't know because, you know, Ron Rivera, he's kind of established this, uh, you know, no leaks of information. So that's something we probably don't know. And if we do find out, it'll probably be months down the line. I agree with you because, you know, us growing up, whenever we would play basketball, football, whatever sport it was with friends, those are the two main sports we played. How many times did we fight our friends, cuss our friends out? I saw Deron Payne mouth the B word to him. This is after the punch when he had to be separated from trying to get to him, trying to get to Jonathan Allen again. And I said to myself, when you use that strong of a word, you know something happened that made him so upset to where this is your boy. Like you said, eight years, you know the history. But again, I said, just like we just talked about, man, this stuff happens all the time amongst friends. When cameras aren't around, I'm sure there's altercations and you move on from it. Although you don't forget because we saw what happened with a guy like Kevin Durant, PG County Zone, that fractured his relationship with Draymond Green and ultimately led to his decision, or it was a huge factor in his decision to leave Golden State. So we'll see what happens. But you mentioned the word culture, and Ron Rivera is definitely under the indictment that he's, he's not handling adversity well because on the sideline his demeanor was sort of laid back. I know he's wearing a mask, but he had like his arms crossed. He never showed any type of emotion until after the game. So – it's going to be interesting to see kind of what you just said moving forward, what this team looks like. Do they come together after an incident like this? We don't know. But we'll, I know we, we have just a, got breaking let, let me let me, let me let me ask you one question. You mentioned Ron Rivera. Sure. Mm-hmm. I went and I did a little bit of research before the show. From my review of his record, this will be his seventh losing season out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just interested in your thoughts. You know, if you have a head coach, if I tell you head coach has out of 10 seasons, they had seven of them are losing. What do you think of that head coach? And what do you think of the prospects of them being able to turn around a franchise such as this, that's kind of been in flux over the past 12 months? Okay. So, you know, we're a DMV show. I'm going to show some love to somebody on the radio, someone you, you used to listen to being Kevin Sheehan. And I'll give him some love of what he said in response to a very similar question. He said, Ron Rivera was the best that you could get that was going to come to this organization because nobody else who's halfway decent will work for Dan Snyder. And I 100% agree with that. There's no other way I can, I can frame 
an answer to a question like that because I believe that's true. What other prominent coach would come here after you've seen Schottenheimer, Shanahan, two big names, Joe Gibbs even, struggle to be a leader in this organization because of the ownership and because of the culture, as you just mentioned? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What, what I do know is it's been alleged that he's very persuasive once he gets into a room with you and he meets with you. Um, you know, it's been mm. said he's very charismatic, very persuasive. Um, there are only 32 of these jobs, you know, so I don't, you know, I, I don't know how hard, you know, I, I don't, I'll say this. I don't know how easy it would be to get an established coach to come here, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm just giving the, the statistics out there. You know, I know Ron Rivera is a, a man of um, great integrity, um, mm-hmm. man of, a man of great principle, and that's the type of guy you want. You want those characteristics, you know, as someone, you know, in the front office trying to develop the culture, trying to turn this thing around. But there's a difference between a man of those characteristics and those principles and a football coach who will actually lead you, be a leader of men and lead you to victory. So I'm just here's what I think. Um, Here's what I think overall that Dan Snyder has lacked as the owner. He's lacked a franchise quarterback. You notice that although Ron Rivera had some difficult seasons in Carolina, he had Cam Newton. Cam Newton was a franchise quarterback who not only produced on the field, but he also produced off the field. I'm talking about endorsements. People wanted to see Cam Newton polarizing. Washington has tried and failed at finding a franchise quarterback throughout the Dan Snyder era. If you want to turn this ship around, no matter who the coach is, no matter who's in the front office, you're going to need a dynamic playmaker at quarterback. And I don't see that necessarily in this draft, although the consensus says that this team needs a quarterback and is going to get a quarterback in this upcoming draft and or free agency. Deshaun Watson is the name that people are referencing on social media today because even though he comes with baggage, this organization has enough of it. Just bring him in regardless. Nobody else is going to choose to want to play here or you're not going to be able to draft and find somebody of that caliber. Your thoughts? Uh. Deshaun Watson is interesting. You know, he does have a uh, no-trade clause. So you mm-hmm. would have to meet with him and his, you know, his team and get them and persuade them to drop the no-trade clause. Um, it looks as if I think the current projections is Washington will be drafting, I think, in the top ten, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, that may be – you know, the um, there may be a, a – there's a guy that I like, um, you know, a little rough around the edges. Uh, what's the kid? The quarterback from um, from Liberty. Ah, Jesus, what's his name off the top of my – I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, I know. I, I think I, I know you're talking about. Go yeah, ahead. I've seen – yeah, I've seen I've seen him play um, Malik Malik Willis. Is the is the young man I'm referring to? Yeah, Malik Willis. Yep. He 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 has a lot of now. Don't get me wrong. He throws a lot of passes, which you're like, ah, damn, that's not a good, not a good decision, great decision. But he has that it factor to him, kind of like a Cam Newton. So I'd be mm-hmm. I would be interested if you know Ron Rivera. He's had some success with obviously Cam Newton. Would he be uh, interested in drafting a, a guy who's similar? 
to, you know, um, Cam Newton, whose play is similar to Cam Newton and Malik Willis? Or will he, or will or will he say – no, go ahead. You good, bro. No, I was going to say, or will he, you know, opt for like a classic drop back quarterback, you know, he can try to find in the draft, like the kid from Pittsburgh. Mm. That is the question. Yeah, my fault. I've tried to cut in a few times only because, of course, the news just uh, dropped that John Madden passed away. And I guess before we even move forward with this discussion about the Washington football team, I'm sure you have some thoughts about the legendary John Madden coach, commentator, video gamer. What can you say negative about just the career and the impact on football that John Madden had? Um, many of us um, of my age group don't remember John Madden, the coach, right? We weren't mm-hmm. old enough to see him on the sideline. But, you know, if, you, if you're a student of the game if you, or if you like to go back and just do your research and learn more about the history of the game, um, you know that John Madden won, I believe, like 107 games, lost 32 games, and he also won a Super Bowl with the Oakland Raiders. Um, he was one of those, he was one of the great coaches when, you, you know, when I'm, you know, on the NFL network, when you hear a lot of the coaches' interviews, you know, uh, current coaches, you know, you hear Andy Reid talk very fondly of him, talk, you hear Bill Belichick talk very fondly of him. And actually on Christmas Day, um, before the uh what was it the Packers and the Browns game I believe they played a you know kind of like a, a um documentary on on John Madden um so I, I mm-hmm. I'm glad that he was alive to to receive his flowers while he was here um I hope he he had the opportunity to watch that because it was very um it was very deserving you know, I talked about him as a coach. One of the, the the two ways that I mostly can relate to John Madden is a as a commentator in the booth um, with him and Pat Summerall. First, they were on um, I believe CBS, and then once yep. um, Fox Fox bought uh, uh, some of the NFL games. Then he transferred to Fox, and you know he had a lot of memorable calls. Um, and then also, you know, as a as a video game Madden, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Madden had a very profound effect on my youth. You know, as a teenager, man, I love to play Madden. You know, I played Madden all the way up into college until, unfortunately, the game the game became trash. Um, Whoa, you know, so. that's another discussion. Well, <laughs> I played today. Madden now is trash, man. Madden, Madden now is trash. Oh, hey, like should be said, to put, they should be ashamed. They should be ashamed to put his name on that now. Um, but having said that, what? Um, John, what? Uh, John Madden is a legend. <laughs> He's someone who should, um, the NFL, I hope that they do, I'm pretty sure they're going to do something to remember him this weekend and also during the Super Bowl. But he was an icon, a legend in three rounds, and, you know, with regards to football on the sideline as a coach, as an announcer, and also um, from a cultural standpoint with the with his video game. As a setup to that discussion, I said we can't find nothing negative. Of course, here you come with John Madden. It's now trash the game, <laughs> but you know the what? Game. The game you, is trash. You, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But here's what I think: when you um, have an impact across several generations, when your legacy spans across several generations, and there's not anything negative that people can say about you, I think that you have cemented one of the greatest legacies of all time. 
guys like AI, MJ, of course, they have legacies that continue to live on across generations. But MJ, look at what Scottie Pippen's talking about now. AI, you know he's a controversial figure. Some of the rap lyrics and some of the things that happen off the court. But John Madden, everybody loved John Madden. His style in the booth never got old. Boom, bam. It's like you never got sick of him. Thanksgiving games are not the same without him. I love Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call, but there is no one replacing John Madden past summer all. So uh, rest in peace, John Madden. Thank we want to I guess thank him for all that you know he did for sports and, and the game of football, but sports and and just the, the sports culture, like you said, will with the video games, and of course we have to think about his family who you know of course lost a um, a, a relative, not just a legend as we knew him in terms of football, but they knew the, the man himself. So John Madden will have discussions, I'm sure. It, it's it's going to be one of those those news stories that will just continue to be talked about for months to come. So I'm let sure me, we'll have let me ask you one. Let me ask you one thing, though. Cool. Madden 2004. Well, no, uh-huh. was, in the 2004? Yeah, 2004. Michael Vick on the cover. Michael Vick on the cover. I, I know you hurt. played Madden. <laughs> what, was that your team? On Madden, Vic with the Falcons. Uh, of course, man. Well, Lee, he's he's behind the scenes today. He already know what I used to do at UMES with the Falcons, man. And Michael Vick, I just ran like crazy with him. Uh, I would drop down, I would drop down the screen, man, for the receivers, and, and I would run a whole lot. But he, I couldn't slide back then, so I fumbled a lot with Vic. But yeah, that was my squad. You made me think about the Madden cover jinx, though, because that did exist for years. But I don't think that had nothing to do with with, with uh, the man himself. But, of course, that was my squad back in the day. I still play, man, like I said, as a grown man, and I'm proud of it, Dad, going to Will T. You're just getting old, my man. You need to step your game up. I'm not getting old. The game play, the <laughs> game play is not – look, anyone who plays it, I guarantee you, if you tweet and ask anyone if the game play was mad and as great as it was back in the early 2000s, people will say no. All right, well, lay you behind the scenes, man. Heal up. Tweet it out there for us. Let's see what they say. You know, that's going to be a discussion anyway. Well, ain't got to tweet that. But let's get back to the Washington football team. Of course, this past Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys defeated the Washington football team 56-14. to 14. And as I watched, Will, I'll be real, I thought about two games. So I thought about the Michael Vick game, the Eagles game at FedEx back in 2010. And then I thought about the Vikings Thanksgiving beating of Dallas. That was back in 98. I know you remember that. Randall Cunningham, Randy Moss, Chris Carter. Um, but in the spirit of this being a Washington football team, Paul, we'll compare this Dallas game to the Vic game, in which, of course, Vic, he had six touchdowns, and they put up 59. The Eagles put up 59 points to 28 when the, the Philadelphia Eagles recorded a victory over Donovan McNabb and the R-Words. That's what they were called back then. Will T, was this Dallas game worse? Uh, no, I think that Eagles with the one with Vic, the, the game with Vic, that was work because that, that was just explosive play after explosive play after explosive play. This one, um, was more of, you know, a lot of mistakes. You know, you had Taylor Heineke, um, throwing the interception to Demarcus Lawrence, um, who returned that for pick six. Um, you mm-hmm. also had, uh, and this is one of the things that really worried me about um, Taylor Heineke facing this Dallas uh, um, secondary. Taylor Heineke, often when he makes throws, sometimes there isn't a lot of zip on the ball. 
with those <laughs> Dallas bad. defensive backs. No, with those Dallas defensive backs, they have they, they've been playing very aggressive this year, attacking the ball in the air, not just trying to swat the ball down and knock the ball down or disconnect the the man from the ball. They're actually t- turning into receivers, and with some of those wobbly passes, I, I just you know um, it was hard for me to think that. Uh, Washington could overcome that, and ultimately they weren't able. And then you also had the block punt. Um, so it was just, you know, from a Dallas perspective, it was just a dominant performance from all facets of the game, you know, offense, defense, and special teams. And this ultimately is, you know, one of those games that I think, you know, there ha- there had been a lot of buzz about, you know, Washington football team being a possible playoff team. This is one of those games where you just say, nah, none of that was true. Not at all. Mm. You know, this team was completely dominated. And you'll be lucky, you know, I'm not going to say you'll be lucky, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, with a with a blowout like that, will this team get another Sunday night game or Monday night game next year on the schedule? Because, oh. you know, Whoa, you know we'll Sunday, see you know, no spice in there. I'm not supposed I'm just, I'm just asking a question, <laughs> right? Because we know Sunday night is the NFL's premier night for a football game. That you know, that Sunday night eight twenty <laughs> game, that's the game that everybody's watching. You know, um this is supposedly the, the rivalry game, the, the the biggest rivalry in football, supposedly. You know, if you get blown out like that, you know, is the NFL inclined to give you another primetime game next year? It'd be interesting to see. Uh the ailing Wole was proud to say up until that game. Ron Rivera does well in prime time. His team's undefeated in prime time. Well, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> and that's over now. And Dallas, they, they stomped that flame out real quick. But we have some social media comments. George Templeton, he's the fourth member of the Urban Sports Team, if you didn't know. Uh, he said if the Dallas game was worse for him because that team in 2010 was bad and everyone knew it. He said this team was in, it was still in the playoff hunt and puts up that effort against a bitter rival. Pathetic. Then we had, uh, we had, let's see, oh, just Dre on IG. He said, as a Cowboys fan, I'm going to say the Vic game was worse. That's the game where Hainsworth just laid on the ground. <laughs> I, I didn't remember if that was the game or not, but I think the Vic one was first too. I'll agree with Will on that one. Von Resper, he said it's definitely up there. So he's comparing the two, which I'm okay with that. And we have Rob Anthony on IG as well say they both were awful. So it's right up there with that game, but the Vic game was more disrespectful. I know that Dallas is a bitter rival, but still Vic looked like he could not be stopped or touched that night. And this it was looked like home. video. He looked like Madden. <laughs> Madden. Like we talked about Madden, right? <laughs> we talk, he looked like Vic from the video game, man. He could, <laughs> nothing you could do to stop him. Absolutely nothing. I couldn't do it. Wole Lab, whatever. Yeah, that's the perfect time for the Wole Lab. It was a perfect segue. Vic from Madden. Vic looked like that against the Washington football team. That was the worst game. That was worse than than the Dallas beating, even though that was bad, too. Will T questioned whether Washington would even get another primetime game after that. Awesome. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team, part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. Ray and Will T are in the building. Wole missing his first show ever, historic night on Urban Sports Team. Um, how ironic is it that we're talking about that Philly beatdown as Washington the next game is against the Eagles? Um, it's the last home game of the season for Washington. And, Will, um, I'm going to ask you this, bro. I know what, I know what you're going to say, but what are you expecting? Um, <laughs> I expect a lot of Eagles fans. 
I'm just gonna be honest with you. I expect a lot of Eagles fans in the in the seat. Um, no, I, look, man, look, I I don't care what no one says. When they paying, you know, now naturally I haven't gone to any of the games this year. I haven't gone to any of the games in a while. But I'm just gonna let you know from yes, not a shocker ever. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> um, but when they paying, you know, when they when they 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 put the camera towards the second level, it often. The second and third level, it often looks like, you know, some of the seats or the majority of the seats are vacant. Um, this Philadelphia team, Philadelphia Eagles team is in the hunt for the playoffs. Um, I don't really think you're going to get a, a hard, a large turnout of Washington football team fans this Sunday, um, in Landover to watch the game. I think you will see a lot of Eagles fans, uh, purchase those teams purchase those tickets late and show up there and you may have a situation where um, I, I forgot and, re- and, and I, this may be incorrect, Ray, but I think like a few years back when Kansas City came to Washington and a lot of fans didn't show, Washington fans didn't show up, you, saw, you had a lot of Kansas City fans and it was very late in the season because it, you know fans um, were kind of uh, pissed off with the performance of the team and a lot of the um, rumors going around in the team. I think it's going to be a similar situation where you see a lot of green in the, in the seat, in the seats and a lot of fly. You're going to hear a lot of people saying it's fly, you fly. So who wins, Will? I think Philadelphia wins this one, man. I, I just, I, you know, coming off, <laughs> <laughs> I know you trying to get my pick. Um, no, I I think, you know, Philadelphia, they, they still have a lot to play for. Um, this Washington team, I just don't get, you know, a sense that they will, you know, they, they at this point in the season, they have a lot of pride, a lot of fight left in them. I know that Jonathan Allen has some fight in them, but this this team as a whole has fight left in them. That's something I, I just don't think they they have at this point. We'll see if the Philadelphia Eagles bring their benches, their own team benches with them. That's the new trend that Dallas started up now. What a weird trend. And Washington failed miserably at that. Don't travel with your heated benches no more. Just FYI. Uh, but Wole, I know you're listening, brother. Again, this is a historic episode, first episode without Wole. We'll see if you were Wole, you're a fan of this team, as passionate as that man is. If you were him, would you attend this game? Given his condition, no. Um, because, <laughs> you know, no, I, look, look, no, given his condition, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, he, I don't know if he wants us divulging all of his information, but he had surgery to have his, uh, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, he had <laughs> surgery to have his wisdom teeth taken out. You know, when that cold air hits those, those feelings, man, it's a, it's, it's a hard, trust me, I've had it done in the winter. It is a very, very hard feeling. That cold air getting in your mouth, and you had and you had those um, wisdom teeth removed. So, if I were Wole, no, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't attend. Not even if they gave him access to the press box, which they haven't been doing. Man, y'all need to let my man get a, get access to the press box, man. Oh, here anyway, we go. No, I, 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 <laughs> no, I would not attend. I would not attend, man. I would sit home and I would just say, <clears throat> I, I sit home and I will get ready for the offseason. All right, I, I appreciate you, brother. Keep always keeping it real. Wole, feel better, my friend. How do the Wizards finish their season? We know how Washington football is going to finish their season, but how do the Washington Wizards 
finish their season. They're on the court tonight in Miami. We'll discuss this after the break. You are listening to the Urban Sports Team, part of Empire Media. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Happy holidays from the Washington Bullets. Go Bullets! Go Bullets! You are listening to the Urban Sports Team with Ray and Will T. Vole is out on his on his historic night. Part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. Will T, you the man, you the man. It's all you, brother. No, um, I wanted I wanted to have a discussion, or just not rather a discussion, but get your thoughts, Ray. You know, this the Washington Wizards came out um the first ten, you know, first ten to twelve games blazing. I believe they were like uh eight and three. Their first eleven mm-hmm. games, they, you know, all of us in the DMV who are fans of this team, who followed this team, um, you know, as a youth, if you were an '80s baby, we got very excited. We were like, "All right, this is the year. This is the year that possibly the Wizards could be one of the top two seeds in the East." And it kind of flamed out. Um, you know, they kind of, they fell back to earth. I believe at this point the Wizards are, I want to say. One game above 500. I don't know the exact the they are. exact record, but I, yeah, they're they're one game above 500, and they've kind of leveled off. You know, um, we know that there's been some issues with COVID. Uh, we know there's been some injuries, but I, I want I wanted to ask this question to you. You know, what what can we expect of the Wizards in the next 25 games? You know, we've kind of seen them through these first 25 plus games. What can we expect of this team for the next 25 games? We, do we expect this team, you know, um, as you know, some people prognosticated to be a top four team in the East, or do we think we're going? They're going to be one of the teams that's fighting just to get into the playoff, to get into the play in for the Eastern Conference playoffs. Okay, so I got my analyst hat on, and I also got my fan hat because, from a fan perspective, of course, I want them to be a top five seed. From the way they played to start the season, which people didn't necessarily know. Coach Unsell's style at the time, I felt as though they looked apart. They looked like they added depth, which they did. 
of course, the trade um, for Westbrook, it, it paid dividends to start the season. But, of course, any any sport, when you're playing a lot of games, just like baseball especially, you know you're going to go through ups and downs. So I expected that at some point they would have some struggles, whether it be on the road or whether it be whether it be against some of the top teams in the NBA, whether Eastern or Western Conference. But I still said, hey, they beat the Utah Jazz. They, they, they've beaten the Boston Celtics, teams that have stars. They played, they played well against some of the better teams in the league. However, they've also gotten blown out against teams like Phoenix. So that's where my fan head is. Like, I want to see them push to continue to be in the playoffs, not to play in. But the other side of me, again, the analyst side is like, oh, man, is history going to repeat itself? Because history is already repeating itself. They gave Tommy Shepard an extension already just based on how they started the season. I'm like, what the heck? Has he proven that much? I, got, I get the fact that he made, he's made some good moves. I would agree with that. I'm sure Will, you would too. But did he deserve an extension already? They haven't moved Davis Bertans yet. Will, you've been preaching that for a while. And also, they keep trying to give Bradley Bill all of this money. Let's see how the season plays out. And maybe you could consider other options. If this Wizards team looks like they cannot go any further than what they've shown this season, which may be around that 500 mark. So is history going to repeat itself where they end up fighting for a playing spot? They give a general manager who may not necessarily deserve an extension. They gave him one. And are they going to overpay a star player a la like they did for John Wall? So which way am I going to lean for tonight, bro? In the spirit of this being a historic show, no Wole, I'm going to wear my fan hat. I'm going to say this depth. Montrez Harrell, you got Gafford in the middle, you have Kuzma, Bill outside shooting, you got a serviceable backup for Spencer Dinwiddie at point guard and Aaron Holiday. I'm going to say keep pushing with this group. You have a, a fresh new coach who practices, who actually runs plays, who is 10 times better than Brooks, I'll say that, at least from my vantage point. As a fan, I'm going to say Washington, keep pushing to be in that top six because you're right there hovering it. But Philadelphia is in the sixth spot right now, and that's the team that gives you the most problems in the top of the Eastern Conference at this point. So, yeah, keep pushing, with That that was a great breakdown, right? I, I will add this. <laughs> um, no, I, it, no it, it, it was a great breakdown. But I will add this, though. Uh, Washington's currently number seventh in the East. They're seven, you know, um, 17 and 16, you know, 5-15 uh, winning percentage. One of the things that I, and, you know, like one of my um, – one of my good friends, he uh, he coached basketball. Well, he, he worked in the front office of an NBA team. And I know he's going to kill me for saying this, but one of the things I look at when, um, when I'm evaluating the team, just easy, like an easy uh, stat to look at is point differential. Um, I look at the Wizards. They are negative 2.9 points um, in the seventh position. And then I look at a team like Atlanta, who is 15 and 18, um, in the 12th spot, um, a team that has a lot of talent, had some injuries, um, you know, dealing with some COVID issues, and they are plus 0.4. Um, I only say that to say this, you know, if that if, if a team, you know, there are two teams that are um, who made the playoffs last year, the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks, um, they're currently out of the top 10. If those two teams start to click in and this Wizards team doesn't, consistently go doesn't go out and consistently give us the effort that we saw in the defensive end in these first 11 to 11 to 13 games we can easily be talking about this Wizards team falling out of the top 10 now I don't want to see that happen because you know I'm a fan um I'm a fan and I follow this team but 
it's something I could easily see happening over the next coming months if they don't start to uh, right the ship. All right. So we posted this question on our social media platforms. This was posted on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene and our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. RJP the third or RJP three. He said, "I give you twelve wins. You should get and possibly knock off the Heat, Charlotte, and maybe one against Brooklyn." So if you sneak in a couple of upsets, I will give you 15 out of 25 wins. That's ambitious, my brother. Are you a Wiz fan? Um, <laughs> Stephen Powers, <laughs> he had he has the best comment, for me at least. He said, bout to COVID is what he expects, mixing Rui and Thomas Bryant back into the rotation, G-leaguers getting more minutes, and a whole lot of home games. He said, hopefully some stability and continuing to, and continuing to play hard to do right to do as best you can during this pandemic. I didn't read that right, but it's all good, though. Well, I'm struggling. And lastly, James Zimmerman, he said he expects, quote, not much. So the COVID issue is real, Will. I think you just referenced that as well. Um, That's going to be hard to navigate. However, the argument to that is all teams got to deal with COVID. So forget that argument. You got to put your best players on the floor, and that's where coaching comes in. So West Huntsville Jr. is going to be tested. And right now they're already down 14 to the Heat. Uh, in the second quarter. So we're seeing the impact and what COVID has. What the hell is going on with Rui, too? You know I like Rui. But, I mean, dude, like, we're talking mental health. Of course, I respect that. But he's not playing. He's got to practice. What the heck is going on? You brought brought up a very, very good point, right? Um, And, you know, look, you know, there, there are laws that kind of prohibit, you know, the team from telling us, you know, what's going on with Rui, um, their HIPAA laws that, you know, I don't know if they apply to, you know, professional sports, but I, I think they would, you know, that, you know, kind of uh, give the team some coverage from telling us exactly why Rui hasn't been with the team thus far. Um, the first 30, the first um, 33 games of the season. But if this team is to kind of get to its apex, you need Rui, right? Um, one of the reasons why I think, you know, outside of the way that uh, Thomas Shepard flipped this team with regards to that uh, Russell Westbrook trade, one of the reasons why there's some promise for this team is, you know, some people will say he's drafted pretty well, you know, with uh, Rui, Denny, and Corey Kispert. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I think it's Corey Kispert. It's the, the the verdict is still very much out on Corey Kispert. But you look like, you know, from the first couple of years, Rui's been in the league. Rui looks to be a, a starter who will contribute to a playoff team. And then Denny, um, defensively, he's, you know, he's, he, you know he, the, switch, the switch has been turned on for him this year and then also his all-around game, right? It's been very impressive. Um, so it looks like, you know, um, he's done some good things during during the first with those first round picks in the draft, but you know without Rui, you know it, it's ultimately going to hurt this team. And I and I and I'm curious to know, you know, is it a mental issue that he doesn't want to be in DC? Because I've heard these, you know, some of the um, some of the rumors that he may not want to be in DC, or is it just that you know he's truly working through some things, and we need to let it play out and it isn't related to him being in D.C. Absolutely, man. I, I 
I personally, again, I like Rui, right? Because I feel like Rui is highly skilled. At times, he deferred over the years to Brad, to John, to Russ. But Russ helped. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, like is a like is an understatement. This was a guy on draft night. You said that the Wizards. No, I'm just I'm giving you kudos. I'm giving you kudos. Okay, you said okay. that the Wizards. Oh, no doubt. The Wizards hit a home run. Look, I told you I wanted Nas there little. You know, mm-hmm. who plays for the um for the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, I love that dude too. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so you you definitely hit the nail hit the nail on the head when you thought when you said Rui would be the guy and this would be a guy that would be a, a, a contributor for the team. I'm just giving you kudos, brother. Oh, I appreciate. It. I actually, yeah, I actually predicted they would draft him, which wasn't likely because Cam Reddish was still available at the time. But I don't have a problem with Rui per se. I just want to know what's going on, just to see why he's now in the court. Yet I feel like he should be, but that's okay. Let that man deal with whatever he has to address outside of basketball. But Davis Bertans is the biggest issue for me. He's the Scott Turner of the Wizards for us right now. You know we'll be on the show tonight because there's been no Scott Turner references. But for real, for real, <laughs> Davis Bertans, he could, he could be released for all I care. Like, who wants – I mean, if you could get some value for him, you will. But nobody's trading for him. And he will admit he's not done his job. That man has one job he hasn't done. It's time for him to go before the trade deadline, whether it's a trade or release. And then you got to make a decision on Brad by the trade deadline as well. If you're going to offer him $200 million plus – you better do it now. If he if he does not accept it, then you gotta let him go. Ben Simmons is out there. Philly is willing to take Bill and some draft picks. I will make that move if Brad is not going to commit. I like Brad. I'm gonna say it again. I love him, but I don't know if 200 million dollars is worth it. How are you gonna build around that? And also, Ben Simmons with this roster would be dope. I've been saying it over and over again. I'm gonna keep preaching it every week. And this is me, the Wizards fan, not the analyst. Will T, what do you think is gonna happen by the by the trade deadline? brought up a very great, uh, uh, interesting scenario, right? Um, because we know that Bradley Bill is, is eligible for a super, he should be eligible for a super max contract um, or close to a super max contract. Um, you have to, I, I mean, but this, these are the decisions that the chance that, you know, the, 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 the truly great front offices make. They make these calls early. They say, hey, okay, we're going to lay it out there. We're going to give Brad the opportunity to sign a, uh, you know, a, a multi-year uh, $200 million contract. If he tells us, no, we got to shit, we got to pivot because we don't want to be left out there without getting anything, right? And, you know, you have Ben Simmons, who is unhappy in Philadelphia. To be honest, Bradley Bill would make the perfect compliment to Joel Embiid and, mm-hmm. you know, Ben Simmons is also the type of player with his skill set that makes, you know, if he, if he is truly hell-bent on not taking a three-pointer and not taking a jump shot, can make players around him, can help players around him offensively by putting them in the position um, to score, you know, off the dribble with, his, with assists. Now, you know, how you get over, how you kind of build a team around a guy who – needs the ball to be most effective but isn't a, a great shooter in today's NBA? That's another question. Um, my my answer has always been you play Ben Simmons at the four and you get uh, a point guard that can shoot and you get a, a, a shooting guard that can handle the ball and create shots for himself and others off the dribble. And I think that takes away a little bit of the burden from him, um, takes away a little bit of the glare of his lack of jump shots. But um, 
I, I think you made a good point. I think you got to you got to start to make those those tough decisions. And um, is Brad the guy you want to be able to build, not build around, but be able to take you to the next level? The next level being at least the second round of the playoffs. That's yet to be determined. Ben Simmons defensively would also make sense for Coach Wes Unsell Jr. We'll see if the Wizards pull the trigger by the trade deadline. I have my doubts because Brad right now is the cornerstone of this franchise, and Tommy Shepard wants him here no matter the cause. And Bertans, by the way, don't, don't try to start something with Denny. That's a weak move, bro. Denny is somebody who's young. He's still growing, and he has upside, my friend. That dude has to go. Because if you're trying to fight Denny, bro, that's personal. You're trying to fight me as well. <laughs> I'm joking, though. But uh, with Earl Spence set to face. Well, hold on. We had one. We had one. Hold on. We we, oh. we did have one comment, oh. Facebook comment about oh. um, the next 25 games. Mm-hmm. Sean Daniel, he provided us his thoughts. Two and 23 over the next 25 games. Damn, Sean. Two and 23. Okay. He's not a witch, man. <laughs> Maybe you know. You already know how we are. And in the DMV, we go too hard. They, they'll be better than that. They'll they'll at worst make the play in game unless COVID just ravages this team to the point where they don't have enough solid players on the court. We'll see. Uh I don't know if you agree with that, Will, but hey, that's rough. No, not 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 two and twenty three. Not two and twenty three. <laughs> you know, I, I could possibly see, you know, 500, maybe a little bit below 500 at 12 and 13, you know, but 2 and 23, that's, that's a bit much. Now, this team would have to be playing with all D-League players. D-League, he went back on. Two and hey, it's all good, oh, fam. We're talking. G-League, the G-League, the G-League, the G-League. That's the Gatorade League, baby. We're talking the sweet science next, Will T. Where does Will Crawford go from here? I got my thoughts. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene on Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Edo Cool J with a triumphant comeback. Morris Sodom. But tonight. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. Foot songs and fear. Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go boom. Explosion. Overpowering. Over the competition. I'm towering. Breakfast shop. When I drop these lyrics that'll make you call the cops. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T and Ray, part of Empire Media. Wole is out, but that LL line is dedicated to him. Next week, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years because it's the first time he's missed the show in years. Will T, hey, man, listen, this is what we do, bro. We talk boxing on the Urban Sports Scene. And according to Mike Coppinger of ESPN, Yodonis Ugas and Errol Spence are finalizing a deal for a welterweight title unification fight. That will take place sometime in March or April with Spencer's WBC and IBF titles and Ugas' WBA belt on the line. What are your thoughts about this fight? Uh, another fight that – I'll say this. Um, Earl Spence Jr. coming off of the 
you know, the surgery to have his retina repaired. Um, mm -hmm. Well, would and should be advised. Now, this is no disrespect to Yuga, but for him to ease his way back into competition. Um, I think Yugis is a guy that will give him um, a great fight, a good fight. He will, he'll come forward. Um, it'll be an action-packed fight. But it won't be the fight that the boxing world is looking forward to, which is Errol Spence Jr. versus Bud Crawford. Right? So I'm not going to throw any shade on um, Errol Spence Jr. for taking this, this first, as this is his first fight back into the ring after the layoff from the uh, retinal repair. But I will say this, you know, with the dominating performance against you guys, there's only one way for you to go here. You know, like time, the, I think the, the boxing fans' patience is running out with uh, a lack of Bud Crawford and Errol Spence Jr. fight, especially coming off of Bud Crawford's performance against, Sean Showtime Porter, what he did to mm -hmm. Sean Porter um, a, a couple months back. I so want I, to I, say that... Oh, go ahead, bro. I thought you was done. My bad. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say this, and I want to know if you agree with this statement. Uh, Ugas, who... He's just a friendly dude on Twitter. I appreciate that about him. And like you said, no disrespect... I believe that he is a tune-up fight for Arrow, but he's not a gatekeeper. Would you agree with that? Uh, see, I don't want to disrespect the man to say he's a tune-up. You think tune-up? That, that's too strong. I thought the same thing. I, I think tune-up. I think tune-up is, is, is too strong. Um, okay. Well, I, I'll say this: um, if you want, I'll, I, I, this is the perfect way, in my opinion, for you to say it. If you're Errol Spence and you're looking at the top level and, and you're looking for the top level of competition to potentially uni to potentially uh unify the division and you say I have Ugas or I have uh Bud Crawford. Ugas is a guy that will present um will present resistance. He will push you. He will um, make for an action-packed fight for the fans. And he will also give you an opportunity to come out looking well because of his, his fighting style. Excuse me, because he can be so aggressive at times. And, if you know, with Errol Spence Jr., who's a very strong welterweight, there'll be an opportunity for you to get him out of there and kind of um, erase some of the, you know, the, the glare that was on that knockout by um, Bud Crawford this fall against Sean Porter, Jr. So if this fight happens, of course, the winner should fight Bud. But in the meantime, Bud has indicated on social media that he is hungry to fight again soon. The name Jerome Boots Ennis is the one that continues to come up as to who should be his opponent as there are no other strong opponents out there that would necessarily prepare him for a fight potentially with Errol Spence. What do you think about a possible Boots, Terrence Crawford matchup, especially considering that Crawford is now a free agent? Uh, 
I don't think that's I, I don't think that brings you any more closer to uh getting Errol Spence Jr. I just don't. Um if you're a free agent and you are looking for a name and a high level of competition, even though this guy hasn't, you know, been in the ring that often over the past two or three years, maybe you look at Keith Thurman, another PBC boxer, right? What you do is you go and you fight everybody that, you know, that, that Errol Spence fought and you go and you did, and you do what you did to Sean Porter. Mm. That's how you continue to turn the heat up on Errol Spence, <sighs> Jr. Uh, he didn't fight Keith. Yeah, go. Um, excuse me. Yeah, he, you're right. He he yeah. didn't fight. He didn't fight Keith. Well, then you fight Danny yeah. Garcia. And I don't mm, think Danny Garcia Danny is going to stay at 147. 147. Nope. But no, you you go. You find a, you fight a Keith Thurman. You fight a, a Danny Garcia. One of those guys who are um, a, a, a great step up in competition. Well, I'm, I don't want to disrespect any of Bud Crawford's previous uh, opponents. But these are guys who are viewed, who may be viewed by the public as a step up in competition for him. And you go and you do the same thing. Or one of the fights I always thought would have been a very interesting fight for him, um, even though he's bigger, um, him versus Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor is the undisputed champion at 140. You know, would, but, you know, would he be willing to come to 147 or you guys meet somewhere in the middle? Wow, I'm thinking more so Virgil Ortiz, who is the number four ranked welterweight on ESPN, although he has a fight coming up against Mike McKenton. That's already set in stone um, for sometime in 2022 early. I'm thinking as early as February. So Bud is the one out here without a daggone opponent. Boots is a big name to me. And according to Al, Al Jones, who came on with us, he said that there's pretty much an agreement and or deal in place where Bud is with Mayweather promotions. If that's the case, I think there should not be any hindrances or any hurdles to making him a good fight. Um, Boots is hungry. He's young. Um, Gary Antoine Russell talked about Boots being a tough opponent in the amateurs for him. I believe it will be a good look for both guys, and it will be one that people want to buy. Like I think I would want to buy that fight, Will, if, if Jerron Ennis fights Bud Crawford. Keith Thurman? It depends on how he looks against Barrios. If he looks lackluster after what Tank did to Barrios, then, dude, Keith Thurman, this might be his last opportunity. So he's got to look good. I agree with what you're saying about um, Crawford basically hunting Spence down because he already, for all of us Spence fans, he put on notice, I am the best welterweight in the world after what I did to Sean Porter. I wholeheartedly am cool with that, and I want that fight to happen just like everybody else does. And there's no, like I said, there's no promotional issues at this point because the the ball is in Earl's court right now. And Earl, I think, wants to fight Bud, but I just think he wants to have it on his terms. But after that knockout, after um, Bud's knockout, uh, Porter, I don't, I think you got to go 50-50 and just be old school about this. Like everybody's been saying, Ray Leonard fought everybody. You fight, why, why don't you guys fight each other? They'll make a lot of money. People will buy the fight. They'll go out to watch it, and of course they'll buy tickets. So. That's the biggest fight that could be made in 2022. I totally agree with you. I, I think you just come up with a framework for a two-fight deal, 50-50 mm-hmm. the first one. The winner gets 60, you know, for the rematch, the winner gets 60, loser gets 40. Wow, we'll see. 
with the with the I think, uh, the great the great thought on that because sixty forty is a tough one for both man that pride thing is real. I mean I understand that it's real, but listen, if you lose the first fight and you're going into the True. rematch, I think it's only fair for the you know either sixty forty or fifty five or fifty five forty five, right? It's it, it, mm-hmm. it's not that it's not that hard. It should not. This is you know this this is one of those things. It should not be that hard. And you know I I know it's easy for us to say that as fans, but you know because this isn't how we feed our you know how we feed our families, and this isn't what our legacy is based off of. But you know ultimately at the end of the day, when we think of the the best boxers, um, generational talent, they you know they they fought anyone. They fought everyone, um, win or lose. You know, we think of Oscar yep. De La Hoya. You no, know, um, Oscar De La Hoya. Shane Mosley, yeah, same thing. Yep, Shane Mosley. They fought everyone. You know, towards the end, Floyd Mayweather. He fought everyone, <coughs> right? And that's what we look for for you know the the all time greats. Will T, this has been fun, my friend. We'll have to do it again sometime. Next time, Wally has some type of surgery. Wale, my bad, said the wrong name. But we have a few minutes left. This is our last show of 2021. Again, we're creeping close to the 500 episode mark, which is going to be dope, man. It's amazing that we've done that many shows over the years. I know you, you get at me because I took some time off at one point, like Rui Hachimura. But <laughs> hey, listen, it's all good. I had to do what I had to do. And you see I'm back. Absolutely. But this, is, this has been an interesting, you know, year because, of, uh, of course, the coronavirus continues to be a significant issue in the world, not just the United States, but it, it also, of course, impacts the sports world. You also had Tom Brady win another ring with a different franchise in 2021. You had now John Madden passing away here at the end of the year. For you, what has 2021 been in terms of sports? Think about boxing. Fury and Wilder had uh, another epic battle. What would you, or I guess, how should, how would you sum up 2021 in sports well, here? I, for me, 2021, I think it, it's, it was a reprieve from everything that was going on in the world. That's exactly how I think of sports, right? Um, you know, there were a lot of things people had to deal with, you know, um, 2021, you know, social justice issues, mm. uh, racial issues, um, health, public health, you know, issues. But the one thing that kind of diverted our attention and gave us a little bit of a reprieve from everything that was going on in the world with sports. Um, and not only just live sports, but sports with fans there, which made, which made it, um, made it all more special, right? Cause you know, in 2020 mm-hmm. we saw sports, but there weren't any fans there. And we and you were just like, uh, it gives you that feeling, but it doesn't feel the same. So, you know, for, for, you know, things to open back up and for us to be able to see, you know, um, major basketball, football, um, with fans there. And then also, you know, boxing, you know, box, there's nothing like a, a heavyweight championship fight in Vegas mm-hmm. with all of those fans there going crazy. The Wilder versus Fury fight, man, that was great. That was a great exhibition. No, I don't want to say an exhibition because um, that's not what it was. A great championship fight, man. It was just and it's something that you know, um, sports is. It gave me a reprieve from everything going on in the world. So, but the most memorable thing about sports was definitely that um, Wilder Fury fight for me. Nice. Well, I appreciate you, brother. I like to make bold predictions at the end of a year. 
to me, 2021 for the DMV spelled the end of Dan Snyder's ownership of the Washington football team. I believe by the end of 2022, by the, this time next year, Dan Snyder will no longer be the owner of the Washington football team. We'll see if that happens. It's been great doing the show throughout the year. To Will T's delight, we are not making our Week 16 NFL picks on the show. But, of course, check us out on the Football Garbage Time. <laughs> Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Tune in, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, just search Urban Sports Team. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Team and hit us up on our Urban Sports Team Facebook page. Check out the home of the USS, Empire Media at EmpireMedia.com. And this show can be found on the podcast DC app. Download the podcast DC app to hear all the Empire Media shows, as well as other great content. Thanks for listening. I can't be more late. How about the whole, hold on, hold on, one, one, one more thing, one more thing, <laughs> one more thing. Well. thing. I, I I'll say this. We'll, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but but Hakun Wong, if you want my picks, <laughs> you invite me on your show, and then I'll give you my picks. Okay? Put and it has to be the will. <laughs> nah, don't you can't and you can't put my name out there on social media. <laughs> can't put my can't put my full government name out there on social media either. And you have to change the name of the show to the Will Football Power Hour for that episode. Oh, wow. Then I'll I give you it. my picks. I love it. Hakun, you will notice, bro, you taking the L this year, and your whole show is. Will T already won the, uh, what's the name of it, the tag on, what's the, uh, what, Survivor, what Survivor Survivor's League. League. Will T already won it, so he got the Survivor Series, WWE, baby, let's go. We we taking this W this year, Hakun can't handle it. It'll be alright, brother. Hey, great show, Will. <laughs> everyone for listening. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was great, it was great just, uh, me and you in there, uh, today, Ray. Wale, uh, <laughs> get better, my brother. Great, really appreciate you being behind the scenes producing the show for us. Peace.